Start your business for the freedom of time. Now you're tired of the hustle and grind. There's gotta be a better way. It's time to listen to Chill and Prosper. Welcome to Chill and Prosper. You're ready to chill and prosper with Denise Duffield Thomas. Hey there, gorgeous. Welcome to Chill and Prosper. And today's episode is um, an Ask Me Anything from our community. And I love doing these episodes, but I would love to hear feedback from you. Do you love them as well? Because what I find really fun about them is that we get to cover a lot of different topics in one episode rather than sticking to one theme. Um, We can kind of answer some of those questions that you might have that are like super quick and they just have a super quick answer and don't need a whole podcast episode. So please let, let, let my team know, let myself know if you want more of these Ask Me Anything episodes because we're happy to do them more regularly. I think at the moment we do them once a month, but we're happy to do them like every second episode or something could be in Ask Me Anything. And yeah, that'd be, that'd be super fun. All right. So um, one of the first questions that came up was like, how do you stay positive about money during a recession or when the news is negative about money? So I, for that one, I'm actually going to refer people to an episode I did about how to deal with money worries, because I feel like so many of us have those worries you know, about when we hear things in the news that there's going to be a recession, there's a global recession. And I've got a ton of tips there. But my quick tip around that is to really make sure that you're following people who are positive, but also pragmatic about money. Because yes, like we're not going to gaslight you and say, oh no, just, just think positively and it will all happen. You need to follow people who are like, yes, things are happening at the moment. Yes, he's a can stay positive. And also here are some practical things you can do in your business because people will always need in any economy, they'll always need what you have in some way. It might mean that you pivot the way you offer it. You might mean, you know, that you change things about how you offer it, but people always need what you have. And so Make sure that you're in that conversation with people who are in the arena and not just saying doom and gloom and like everything's going to be bad. So that's my little quick tip on that. But go and listen to that episode. You can just go to denisedt.com slash podcast and do a find on that. It's talking about money worries. Okay, so people often ask me about things like what do I do on a daily basis? What are my some of my success tips on a daily basis. So I've got a question here about what journaling prompts do you use um, and what do you do, like run me through a typical day. And what's really fascinating about this too is that sometimes we think, we want to hear tips from other people because we think sometimes that's the thing that makes them successful instead of realizing that you have to find what works for you and what is going to help you achieve your goals. So the truth is I actually don't journal a lot at the moment. I'm not a big journaler. I have been in different um, times of my life, but I'm not at the moment. I'm also not someone who meditates a lot. And I hear that too. Some people think, oh, all successful people have to meditate. And I actually don't do that either. What I do do though is I find ways um, to help myself and my personality and my needs um, to feel good. And so some of those things are boundaries, like I only do calls on particular days or I book in regular like massages and things because that's like thinking time for me. Or I book in like, you know, walks with friends. So I actually get out of the house. Like things like that work for me, but they might not work for you. Um, and so, yeah, if journaling is your thing, journal. If listening to podcasts is more your thing, do that. And it's really coming at that place again of chill and prosper. 
But chilling is not the same for everyone. You know, what's easy for me might be hard for you. And I think the biggest thing we all have to get over is permission, permission to do things our way. And if you're reading articles that's like, all successful people get up at 5 a.m. and all successful people meditate an hour a day. No, there are no rules to how you create success for yourself. But what's going to make you feel good? What's going to make you feel motivated? What's going to make you work on your goals better? And that's what you have to do. Good question, huh? Okay. Oh, I love this question. Okay. Is there a difference between your work now as a multi-million dollar business owner compared to what you did when you were making 10K a month? I love this question so much because I love talking about consistency. I love it so much. It's so unsexy. But the truth is the building blocks of my business are the same now as a multi-million dollar fancy lady, as they were when I was um, making, you know, $1,000 a month, ten k a month, 100 k a month. Um, because the building blocks of a business are pretty simple, right? And so, for example, I post on social media every single day, every single day, because I want to always be top of mind for my community. I want to show up and serve my community. Now, do I write those in real time every day? No. I batch them. I batch them when I'm feeling particularly wordy or I, if, I, if I'm feeling particularly creative and I have a whole batching process and I did a whole podcast episode on that. If you are in my Sacred Money Archetypes course, for example, I've got a whole batching thing in there. Um, so that is a non-negotiable for my business. I'm showing up every single day on social media, whether I feel like it or not, because I've batched and scheduled it. And that way too, like I'm always there for people. I'm a consistent voice, but I don't have to be consistent. I don't have to show up every day if I don't feel like it, but something will go out every day. So that is um, a decision I made in 2009 and it's something I still do today. So that's the same. Something else that I do that's exactly the same is I send out a weekly newsletter, no matter what, no matter what, since 2009. And sometimes I don't didn't know what I was going to talk about in those early days, but I made that commitment. I sometimes I didn't feel like sending it out because I was like, but I don't have a big list. And I see people say, well, when I have a big list, then I'll send a newsletter out. And you go, no, you do it no matter what. And so for me, a newsletter was used to be an article. So I would write an article every single week and I would send it out on Thursday. And sometimes I would be writing it an hour before, just like when I was at school doing a homework assignment. And I do that every single week without fail. Nowadays, though, I do batch those a little bit more. Because instead of writing, because writing actually takes a little bit longer for me, I my podcast is essentially my newsletter. And so each week you'll get, here's my podcast and here's, you know, the transcript so you can read it if you want to. Now, I batch those up too. So I'm not in the podcast studio every week. But when I was starting out, sometimes I would do that week, week by week. So can you see how the difference is? I've just gotten, kind of gotten a little bit smarter sometimes about my systems and also in the early days, like I would write the article, I would find the image, I would put it on the site, I would spell check it, you know, I would hit publish, I would probably send out my own newsletter. Nowadays, the thing that's different is that I have team that I, I can get help with that sort of stuff, right? So uh, I'm in a professional podcast studio right now instead of doing it at my house, my, my house, <laughs> at my house, like I used to. Um, and someone will edit this for me and then my team will get it all transcribed and then my team will do all the images. But the 
the big rock is still the same, right? The the system is still the same. Uh, sorry, the outcome is still the same. The system's just changed as I've gotten more resources. But that's still the same, right? So I would say those things are the things that have made me money, not then making it an easier system, okay? So I show up every day on social media and I send a, uh, something every single week. And you know what? That process of sending a newsletter out every week is what got my book deal with Hay House because someone was watching. She worked at Hay House. She was on my newsletter list. And every week she'd be like, oh, oh, Denise. And she was on my newsletter list for a while. And then she contacted me and said, hey, we'd love to do a pitch. And it didn't work out that time. It still took a couple of years before I worked. Together. But she saw me as someone who showed up, was clearly, you know, building an audience and someone who could, you know, didn't run out of things to say. So that I think that's the biggest difference really is just um, the numbers are slightly different. Like, oh, of course, the income numbers are different, but I still am doing the same work. I am um, showing up and helping my community in Money Bootcamp. The difference now is that I have other people to help me in that, you know, but I still have, it's still the same work. I am, I do podcast interviews. I've been doing those for years. Still the same work. So I think sometimes people ask that question because they think that you're working harder, stronger, faster, better, I don't know, smarter. And yes, those things are true. I am working a little bit smarter, but the, this, it's the same thing. It's the same stuff that I'm doing. And I've just found ways to make that consistency easier. So yeah, hopefully that's that was a really great question, difference between what I do now. Um, yeah, I think that's good. Okay, so here's another question about like my early days. So I had a business called Raw Brides in 2009. Raw as in R-A-W, Brides. And I really wanted to start a business. I didn't know what to start a business about. And I was like, well, I'm using raw food as a pre-wedding diet. <laughs> that sounds funny. Um, maybe other people would like to do that too. It was a bit weird because I wasn't an expert in nutrition or raw food or anything like that. I just wanted to share what I knew with people. And that's how a lot of good businesses start, right? And so I wrote a book called The Raw Brides Transformation Plan. And I had a course that one person joined. And I was so thrilled because it was so much fun putting together a course and learning how to do a sales page and handouts and all those things. But I realized that that's not what I wanted to talk about forever. So the question is, how did you make the switch? How did you decide to switch? And I love this question because some of you listening will be in a business right now and you're, you're not sure if that's your raw bride's business. You're not sure if that's your practice business. You're not sure if that's your forever business or not. So how do you know? Okay, so there's a couple of ways I think you can know. One is don't delay starting a business because you're not sure if it's the thing forever because sometimes you don't know. Sometimes you just got to start and that's fine. But I find if you get sick of talking about it or you've run out of things to say, um, that's a really good sign. You know, I'm like 12 or well, 10 years into talking about money. Um, I still think of things to say all the time. I still find new nuances. I'm still excited to talk about it. I'm still excited to share about it. But after I got married, I never wanted to talk about weddings ever again. I was like, I'm done. This was a season of my life. I'm, I'm done. It doesn't have longevity for me. So just check in with yourself and just go like, Does, am I still excited about this? Or do I want to pivot or do I want to shift deeper or do I want to change who I'm talking to? You know, you might go, look, I don't want to talk about 
you know, just general weddings anymore. But I'd love to talk to someone who, like, I don't know, frugal brides or something like that, right? Like you can niche within the niche or you can completely change. And so I just decided that I didn't want to talk about that anymore. And so I sent an email to people who were on my list and said, hey, just to let you know, um, you know, I'm discontinuing this business and you can do a closeout sale if you want. I'm discontinuing this business. I'm not talking about raw food or weddings anymore. Going forward, I'm going to be talking about personal development. And here are the things I'm going to be talking about. Feel free to unsubscribe, like no offense taken. I will not feel bad about this in any way, shape or form, but this is what I'm going to be talking about going forward. And and then I just just made the switch. And then all my newsletters from then on were about personal development. And then the same thing happened with that. I um, With my first blog, I was talking about too many things and I had a tab on the first page and it was like, um, like uh, health and abundance and your career and making more money and I don't know. There was like too many things. And so after a while, I just stopped talking about some of those things. Oh, it was like finding your soulmate. And, um, you know, and I just went, oh, I don't want to talk about that anymore. And so I just started like, stop not talking about those things anymore. So you don't have to, like, sometimes you don't have to make a big, like, dramatic decision. (laughs) You can just be like, going forward, this is what I'm going to do. All right. So that was a great, great question. And I know it will be very relevant to some people listening. Now I'm going to take a quick break for a little drink break, but I've got some more questions coming up. I've got a juicy question about parenting and juggling, how to feel more worthy, uh, recognizing when you're close to burnout. Mm, All right. I'll be right back after this quick break. Hi, Denise. I'm Siv, a veterinary behavior therapist from Iceland. And I help dedicated dog parents solve behavior issues in their dogs. I heard about Money Bootcamp from a business buddy several years ago, but I didn't join in until 2021. And I'm so glad I did. I've already read some of your books. I have them in both audio and paperback format. My favorite is Chill and Prosper. And I love to listen to it in the car when I'm driving to my country house here in the Italian countryside. Really looking forward to attending a live event and meeting you and other lucky bees in person someday soon. Ciao. Ah, Okay, welcome back. All right, so the first question is, I would love to know more about your experience of parenting and being an entrepreneur and how do you juggle both? Now, I have done podcast episodes on this um, separately. So feel free to go and search denisect.com slash podcast, search for kids, babies, parenting, all that kind of stuff. But I'm always happy to talk about this because I feel like not enough people are honest about it. And this isn't to say anyone's parenting is wrong or anything like that. It's just I don't hear a lot of people talking about it in the way that um, that like I feel about parenting and business is that like business is really important to me. Like my business, my creativity, my freedom, all of that stuff's really, really important to me. And so I do struggle sometimes with the juggle because I have never wanted to put my life on hold to have babies. And again, no offense, please don't, no one sent me a message about this, but I really thought pre-babies, I was like, oh, I'm going to be different on the other side of this. I'm going to be less ambitious. I'm not going to want to do things. I'm not going to have any time for my business. Everything's going to fall apart. And then I work like up on the other side of it and I was like, oh, I still want to do all of these things. And I felt really alone because people would be like, oh, like, are you, 
how long are you going to take maternity leave for? Like a year, six months? And I was like, um, I'm actually writing a book right now. <laughs> like, well, I'm breastfeeding. And I felt really, very shamed about my ambitions on the other side of being a parent. So again, that's just me. I think more people should talk about their own experiences and not be afraid to be shamed for what's true for them. Because I have, on the flip side, I've had entrepreneurial friends who for a while they did not want to do any business and they felt shamed about that too, right? They were like, no, I have to be hustling and girl bossing and I actually just want to sit here and gaze at my newborn. And I was like, babe, do it. So we have to stop shaming each other for <laughs> what we want, right? And the, the next layer to that of how I juggle is that I have a ton of paid help. And yes, I'm very privileged, privileged to do that. But I remember when I had my first baby and I, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to juggle this. And a friend was like, well, why don't you get an in-home nanny to come and help you? Just a couple of hours, you know, a day and she can, you know, hold the baby if you have a call or she can help. And I was like, a nanny? I was like, who the freak do I think I am? Like, like the Queen of England? And just growing up, nobody had nannies. Like just the word itself just felt so like fancy and upper class and snobby. I was like, a nanny, not realizing that, you know, like, I mean, it takes a village, right? And sometimes you don't have a village around you and you can hire that village in and it doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be exploitative, but it's just a really great way of being able to share the load that is parenting. And so for me, I, I've got over myself and got over those fears of going, what are people going to think? And I had this lovely lady who was like a baby nurse, and she came a couple of hours and she would just hold the baby and I would have a shower and like do a call or just go into my office and work on my book. And she would make me like some food. So I actually ate, you know, all of those things were so useful and it really made its money back um, because I could actually earn money in my business. And I didn't, you know, like have to, have to, but I really wanted to work on my business. And so I recognize, again, there's a lot of privilege in that and not every parent is able to afford that. But I think if you can beg, borrow, steal any support, try not to feel guilty about that if you still have entrepreneurial dreams. And let's face it, sometimes you still have to work, right? Sometimes you don't have the privilege of taking time off either. Um, and so I think to sum that up, my experience of parenting and being an entrepreneur is it's okay, like, it's okay to really love your business. And my kids have grown up hearing me talk about my business in very positive ways. I never apologize for it. I don't say, oh, mommy's so sad. I have to go away. I'm going, I say, I'm so excited. I'm going to this conference. I'm going to miss you guys, but I'll be back soon. And they they actually don't have a lot of separation anxiety because they're used to me like intertwining my business into our daily lives. And so it'll be in the morning. Sometimes I'll be like, hey, mommy's got a call. I'll see you guys later. Have fun on your call. You know, I talk about my my business. I talk about money. And so we have to find our way, like, yeah, just our ways to do that. But the way I – the short answer again to how I juggle is I have a lot of help. I outsource everything I can possibly outsource at home because I cannot do it both. I can't. I cannot do both of them personally. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> I always feel worried about people are going to, I don't know, send me hate me email <laughs> Anyway, all right, next question. How do you feel worthy and valuable – when you're not being super productive, um, when I'm not working, I feel like I should be. And this is the tricky thing about being an entrepreneur sometimes is that you always have homework due. There's never a time where you've handed something in and you can relax and you have summer holidays like you did at school. 
as an entrepreneur, we are creative, restless people often. And there's always more we could do, right? There's always more people we could help. There's always more emails. There's always more social media comments. There's always more books we could write. There's always more podcasts we could do. There's always there's always more. And so we have to feel worthy in ourselves as much as we can. Um, and we have to be like, that'll do, pig. That'll do. Because no one's gonna no one is gonna tell us when we've done enough. <laughs> it's hard. Um, for me, I I love batching content so then I I don't feel like it's just always due I feel like I can be ahead of content delivery and that makes me feel good I've written about this separately so you can always go find my process um and I've also given myself permission to have more boundaries in my Facebook group with my money boot camp and I now have use my business profile rather than my personal profile in that group so I don't just see it when I'm logging in on a Sunday you know, feeling bad. I just don't see it, which is really great. And you can also have gatekeepers. So you might have an assistant who reads all your email first. So you don't have to just always get email. There's a lot of things like that you can do just so you don't have that constant drip, drip, drip of you should be doing more, you should be doing more. But it has to come from inside. You <laughs> has to be just like, I am enough. I do enough. I help enough. It's okay. Um, oh, it's tricky. It is a tricky one, but it has to come from inside you, inside yourself. Good question. All right. Another question is, uh, how do you recognize when your health is asking you to chill as it can be so tempting just to work, work, work while the motivation's here and it's not always good for health? It's a very similar question, right, to the first one. I don't know if it's the same person, but it's um, like I'm, I can be prone to burnout. I've had lots of times where I've had burnout in my business, especially around launches, especially around big things. And so I have to make sure that I build those structures in place um, that give me some space. Okay, so for example, I have my money boot camp calls at the end of the month. So I block out my calendar for that week. So people can't just book into my calendar for a podcast interview or whatever. Um, I need to do that. When I'm at my chiropractor, I book in the next appointment when I'm there. So I know it's in there. I have monthly tapping with somebody to help me with my own stuff. Because otherwise, I'm only giving and I'm not receiving. And that's a big thing. And so I actually, I do work a lot. I, I achieve a lot. I create a lot. But I actually haven't really had burnout for a couple of years now because of those little structures in place. And if I don't, then I get resentful and I just it just becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So it's really having those little things in place. Um, yeah, whether it's blocking out your calendar or booking things in, making those things non-negotiable. Otherwise, I won't do it. Yeah. Yeah, good one. Okay, uh, here's a question that's so fascinating. I don't see a lot of people talking about this, actually, is dealing with the post-success slump. Now, I actually call this a success hangover. And this is where maybe you've had a launch, maybe you've uh, just published a book, and you should feel really good, but you don't. You feel like shit, actually. You feel horrible. And... This is so, so common and I actually just account for it now in what I do. So again, I try not to, to do a lot of projects back to back because otherwise if you do, then as soon as you launch one thing, you're just fighting the next dragon. You're just like, okay, that's done. All right, what's the next thing? Okay, that's done. What's the next thing? And um, and it's just, yeah, really, really horrible. So one thing that I do too is I do try and – um, deliberately celebrate. 
And it's okay for you to celebrate in different ways than other people. I remember we did a launch one time and Mark was like, why don't you buy a handbag? And I remember like looking at, feeling like I should. I was like, oh yes, I guess that's what people do. They they buy a handbag when they have a million dollar launch. And I remember like looking at the handbags and just being like, but I don't like handbags that much. Like I just put my phone in my back pocket or I wear a bum bag and I'm kind of good to go. And so that may actually made me feel even emptier, if that makes sense. And I realized too that I was allergic to champagne. And so I used to, you know, let's open some champagne. And then I'd be like, why do I feel sick? Well, it's because you're allergic, babe. And so now it's more about like giving myself permission to have spaciousness out, outside of that, of saying no to things like going to the movies. And even though it doesn't sound very fancy of like, oh, okay, you had a million dollar launch and you celebrated by going to the movies. Like that's what works for me. That's what feels good for me to get over that post-success slump, that feeling of just like, oh, that's not good. Um, One thing that I do as well is that we do a post-launch survey, okay, to say what went great, why didn't you buy, all that kind of stuff. I do not read those in like post-launch. And so, for example, we did um, a massive big sacred money archetypes launch, right? Massive, massive, massive. And we sent out the survey. Why didn't you buy? You know, what could we have done better? And and also to the people who did the course. I won't read those until the next time we launch because I that will just contribute to my post-launch like feelings when you're in your feelings. And I don't need to know that yet until we like later on. If there's stuff in there and people are like this link's broken, call my team can read that. But I don't do anything that's going to contribute to that post-success like slump of going... Um, so I just make sure there's something in there that's outside of my office, outside of my house, and that could be going to the theatre, going to the movies, seeing a friend, going away for the weekend with a friend and making sure that I've got that in there. Otherwise, I'll be like, we could have done better. Oh, I feel so bad. Um, even if it went really well, I still feel that. Yeah, so hopefully that gives you some ideas. Okay, one, one, one more question for today. And then I actually have a ton more questions here. So if you do like these AMAs, ask me anything, please let me know on social media because I will absolutely do more and you can submit some as well. Okay, so a question saying, when I feel overwhelmed by trying to grow my business, I often hear people say, focus on the money making activities. But what does that actually look like day to day? I'm not actually sure what's giving me the greatest return on investment and sales feel like luck. So I feel confused and stuck. Yeah, I understand. So (laughs) I've heard that and I've said that. I've said to people, focus on money-making activities. So sometimes we don't always know what those things are going to be, right? So I would say one thing is like send invoices and chase up invoices. Like that's low-hanging fruit, right? If you've got people who you think, um, you know, like it's just a little nudge and they could – pay an invoice or you need to chase up someone for money, go and do those things. That's a money-making activity. Literally, money will come from that. But another one could be that you go and deliberately email people who had said, oh, it's not the right time. You could email them and say, hey, look, um, I was thinking about you. I've got a couple of spots in my calendar and I wanted to offer them to you first. Are you interested? Here's a link. It can be as simple as that. It really can. You don't have to be justification. It's just like, I was just thinking about you. I've got some spots in my calendar. That's a money-making activity. Another money-making activity, which might take a little bit longer, is like you might have a course ready to go and you can just be like, hey, my course is available. Or you might send out an email and say, my calendar's open or, you know, um, pre-order my book. Like anything that is literally a practical way to say to people, I'm open and ready for money. 
What it's not, though, is like, I'll do some more research. I'll like work on my thing behind the scenes. Um, like it's like telling people about what you've got to offer. And when in, when in doubt, sell an hour of your time, right? If you literally have nothing for sale, nothing's ready, you can just be like, I've got five spots in my calendar um, to spend an hour with me. And you might think, well, I don't need a sales page. No, there'll be people in your community, in your list, who will want to have your eye on something. They'll want to brainstorm with you. They want your feedback. They want your advice, your support, whatever. So don't overthink it. That's a money-making activity. Um, Yeah. So hopefully that helps. It's just like, what can you do to just go and chase that money, invite that money in and yeah, make that money. Yeah. Think of, uh, and I always (laughs) play that song by Britney Spears, which is like, you want a Maserati? You better work, bitch. I think, yep, okay, if I want some more money in now, okay, I've got to do the things that will get the money in, not the thinking about the things that will get the money in. All righty. Well, I have one more final thought for you today. Um, so come back after the break. I'll see you then. I hope you enjoy these uh, questions and don't go away. I've got one more thing to tell you. Hi, lovely. My name is Carla Lett. I live in a place called Lytham St. Anne's in Lancashire in England. And I am a blogging coach and I help people get found on search engines for more visibility and success. I read Chillpreneur last year after it was recommended to me by a friend. And two things that really stood out for me was I actually really believed that in order for me to earn more money, I would have to work harder. Now, Once I work through my money blocks, I can now say that I work under 10 hours a week and I earn more than I ever have before. I also had money blocks around feeling guilty for earning money easily. But again, thanks to Chillpreneur, I finally launched my blogging formula for success course and it has been on my to-do list for years and now I'm consistently getting sales and being able to help people whilst I am busy enjoying life. And honestly, there is no better feeling. I also highly recommend all of Denise's books to anyone that is wanting to break through limiting beliefs around money. I highly recommend the Money Bootcamp too. I love all of the lucky bees in there and being surrounded by like-minded, supportive women is so powerful. Thank you, Denise. Okay, my final thought for today is actually... Just a reassurance to you that you might think, God, I've got to do so much mindset work to be in business. And you know what? Yeah, that is the, that is the work. And so, like, it's fine just to have most of the work that you do in your business to be reassuring to yourself. Like, I am enough. It's okay. I am enough. Because everyone has imposter syndrome. Everybody feels scared sometimes. I do all the time. I have money mindset issues too that I have to work on all the time. So it's just like, I am enough. I am enough. I am enough. I am worthy. And um, yeah, so if you need a little bit of a reminder today to do some tapping or do some affirmations, then just do that with me right now. Put your hand on your heart and just say, I am enough. I am enough. You are you absolutely are. And if you need any of my help, remember, I've got my books and courses for you. Just go to denisedt.com. I've got a ton of stuff there for you. And otherwise, I will see you next week on another episode of Chill and Prosper. Thanks for listening to Chill and Prosper. Tell your friends to chill and prosper. Review and subscribe. We hope you had a very good time.